<laughs> yeah, like lines of people. And it was just like, I walked up, this guy gave me a sticker Amazing. and a card. And I was like, yeah, just go to the back. And then Lily, she got hers at uh, a Target. And um, they put her in the Target fitting room. And she got up before me and I was just standing there like, damn, this is kind of crazy. Like, this is how it ends, huh? Just a Target fitting room. Like, it's just kind of funny. Like, <laughs> Dude, you can get everything at Target, apparently. <laughs> All right, Curtis and MJ, welcome to the pod. This is it. We're, st- we're finally doing it. Yes. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. What do you guys... Uh, what have you guys been up to the past uh, week, or when we when did we last speak? It's been been almost a month, right? Been a month. What is time? Yeah, what is time? <laughs> have what's you, what's love? <laughs> <laughs> um, have you guys done any more episodes for your podcast? We've uh, we've been a uh, log. What is it? What's the the phrase? Slog in the log. Slog in the log. log. <laughs> I have never heard that. Please explain. I just that just sounded like the the right moment to drop that one, <laughs> like a like a a bee in molasses. Or, oh yes, uh, or oh, okay. yeah, I've heard that one. The, did you wait? Did you just make that up, or have you actually heard that before? I have no idea. It's slog, slog in the log, top. Slog. Slog. Yes, uh, but yeah, within this last month, let's see. I mean, what is it now? April eighteenth. So. Got vaccinated, fully vaccinated, back to coaching basketball, had some real estate projects, and uh, work is opening up. So yeah, I mean, work at Tedasaki Budokan in Little Tokyo, and we're getting some renters now and you know, some guidelines that allow us to have some activities there. So that's what we've been up to this last month. MJ, have you gotten your uh, vaccine yet? I actually got my first uh, dose this last week, and man, it definitely like it got me. And I know for oh, really? most people, yeah, most people like they don't really feel anything that first dose, and they kind of just say, "Oh, the second dose is like where you're really gonna feel it." But uh, aside from like a sore arm, I was like body aches. I think I got like a fever, night sweats. So it was got the the full gamut there. Did that it? was just the first one. Just the first one. Yeah. Oh, damn. I heard the second one's even worse. Exactly. So <laughs> welcome to the party, I guess. What could you relate it to? Like, did it feel like cold or, you know, just a normal? Nah, it, it feels like you have COVID. It's mm. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it's exactly what that feels I, I, like. I wouldn't have guessed, you know. You know, MJ, because uh, are you okay talking about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I got it back in December. You know, thankfully I didn't have like shortness of breath or um, you know any any like breathing issues. Um, but man, the fatigue was wild, headaches for sure, um, and then like body aches. Um, so it, I think, for once I got the vaccine, it was definitely like you just start feeling cold, like a little feverish. Um, and then you just like sweat and, you know, fatigue and body aches. It's all there. Which one did you get? I got the Moderna. Okay. Which one did you get, Curtis? Pfizer. Okay. Me too. I'm, I'm on, well, tomorrow actually I'm getting my second Pfizer. Oh, what up? So, um, almost over the the edge. Oh, we should have done done this tomorrow. We should have done this tomorrow and find out. No, because we're on the same boat now, Curtis. Well, we're all in different levels, I guess, because Curtis right. got his. He's done. I'm like almost done, and you got your first one. Right. Um, going into it tomorrow, I'm kind of nervous um, because I don't want those side effects that you were talking about, right? Mm. I know people that haven't had it. I know people that have had it. I know that on my first one, um, my arm was sore for like a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, the, and it, I felt, it felt like someone like gave me a dead arm or something. <laughs> Remember when we used to just do that for fun? Just give people dead arms? What was that about? Just boys being boys, man. I I guess so. Sheesh. Dead arm. Like if someone just thought it was funny to give me a dead arm now, I I would not be happy. You know? That's assault, dude. (laughs) How would you define dead arm? Just like getting socked in the arm? 
Is that what we're describing as better? Numb pain. Ha- have you never seen the knuckle punch like that? You know, you get the little knuckle hanging out there. You punch him right in the arm. Nope. And that's that Bellarmine Academy uh, education for you, I guess. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. uh, no, no dead arming. No dead arms allowed. Yeah. Dead army. <laughs> there's no dead arms. There's no like rolly backpacks. They didn't have any of that. <laughs> we left our rolly backpacks in eighth grade. Dude, yes. Yes. Oh, man. So um, speaking of like the vaccines, I, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, um, we're starting to open up, like Curtis said. Um, I actually, I went for, well, two things. I went for a run yesterday. And for the first time in like a year and a half, I was running past the park and I saw there were nets up on the hoops and people were shooting. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. I haven't seen that in a second. And the second thing was I went to the store and I went to go get some pasta and there wasn't a sign there that said limit two per person. So I was thinking about these things like, oh, wow, this this means like either we don't really care anymore mm. <laughs> or it's getting to be like over, right? So I wanted to ask you guys, have you noticed like small things like that That's that's been like uh, not really like a problem that per se in, in the whole like COVID world that we live in? Um, but have you seen those instances where like, oh, wow, it's, it's starting to open up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I went to Santana Row last week. So Santana Row is like off Stevens Creek Boulevard, San Jose. And for those that don't know, it's kind of just like a, uh, it's like near the mall, but there's like a, a set of shops and restaurants. I went there with like two or three friends. Um, we went to like go, it was like our first like out outdoor meal, I guess. We went there. It's crazy. It's like, honestly, there's no virus here. People just full on, like completely packed, just walk in. Um, you know, if you're sitting down, you don't got a mask on, you're just, you know, you're eating, you're doing your thing, but it's just like so packed. Um, and it was, it's just like absolutely not what I was expecting. Um, but as far as like your, your shortage comment, J Chan, like the, the, I feel like the signs for pasta are moving towards boba and like ketchup packets. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just taking those signs and putting it to like different things now where, oh, yeah, you know, okay. like toilet, like toilet paper is chill. Now we're, we're good on toilet paper, but now ketchup packet crisis um, and <laughs> boba shortage. Like things are happening. It, is there really a ketchup packet shortage? Cause I've heard of the boba one, but ketchup check it out. Oh no! Yeah, I, yeah, actually, I thought of you the other day, Curtis, because I saw the story. There's a shortage of ketchup going throughout the world, not even <laughs> the United States. Wait, wait, it's, wait, it's all wait. the takeout. It's like all the takeout. Oh yeah, okay. It's like you're yeah. packing it up, and now you don't have like ketchup packets to give anymore. You mean it wasn't the Suez Canal? It wasn't that whole fiasco. It's literally because we're eating too much ketchup. Or just getting rid of it, not using it. Okay, well, it's a good thing I, I keep a couple of 64-ounce bottles in the pantry for moments like this. Of all the things in college that I remember, it's not much, but one thing I remember the most is you loving ketchup, like, a lot. Like, way more than a normal person should like ketchup. I think it's the sugar content, to be honest with you, and it probably just does something to my, you know, my system. But, uh, no, I mean, ketchup is crucial. I don't know if I could eat hot dog i mean i guess i could have a mustard with a hot dog or i definitely can't eat a burger without ketchup fries ranch i guess what would in and out do with you know thousand island is just uh ketchup and like mayonnaise or something maybe some chopped onions or something the secret the secret formula the Sheesh. thing about you're right though the thing about ketchup is there's a i didn't realize this till after college there's so much sugar in ketchup oh it's that's, insane. That's why I keep this physique. It's the, <laughs> it's the amount of ketchup. No, I don't blame it on the ketchup, man. Ketchup is ketchup is life. I had a shirt once that said, I put ketchup on my ketchup. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's not where I thought it was going. <laughs> that's what I thought too. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, going back, bringing it, re- reeling it all back. Yeah, there's going to be, I, I'm going to be concerned if I can't get a, five ketchup packets for my my uh, in and out burger. No, but uh, I think vaccine wise and just where we're headed, what I've noticed, the biggest thing, I, I mean, I was at the grocery store today 
and I looked down on the ground and had the one way sign. Do you have y'all seen that at the grocery stores where it says one, oh, like, yeah. you know, you can only walk one way on the thing. No one paid attention. To I that. was going to say like, maybe the first time I saw it, I was like, Oh, I got to turn around and walk, walk back down the other aisle and then come back down. Then if I pass the item, I'm like, do I, do I just walk backwards? Do I go back around again? I don't know. It was, a, it was a struggle, but uh, no, today I saw it and I thought, Eh, I'm not following this and just walk down the aisle to get my uh, ketchup. I don't, I don't even probably ketchup. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think noticing, um, like MJ said, folks eating out again. I, I work in downtown LA, and they have the al fresco dining. There's some places that have indoor uh, some indoor dining again. And yeah, when you're eating or drinking, you're not wearing a mask, so. Uh, went to Grand Central Market today, and everyone's masked that's walking around or ordering food. But once you sit down, it's pretty normal, right? I mean, can't eat with the mask on, so you know, do what you got to do. But yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely moving towards whether it's apathy, people don't care, or people are feeling overconfident about where we kind of stand with the pandemic and vaccinations and whatever else, but. Yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting few weeks, I guess, to say the least, after being uh, not locked up, but cooped up for a good part of a year. Meanwhile, I still see, though, like other states going through uh, like issues and not issues, but like, you know, rising cases and like Michigan. Um, I mean, we're in California, so it's, I feel like a lot of times we, we're in this bubble of California. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that, you know, there's. 49 other states Mm -hmm. is that right still there's still 50 right at least 49 that's (laughs) that's for sure um but yeah it's and you have like the 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 strain the mutant strain that's gonna be like you know apparently even worse than the original version um the sequel if you will Mm -hmm. and um you know that being said today i actually went to go eat outside somewhere in El Segundo and I felt the same way. I was like, there's a lot of people here. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. And, you know, part of it is too, is we've been inside for so long, kind of forget um, that other people have too. And everyone just kind of wants to go outside and enjoy the day. It's, it's nice. It's sunny out here. And um, I was eating and I was thinking there's, you can like hear people, uh, talk like there's chatter like there's you know for the past however long we've been inside i've only been hearing my own voice eating <laughs> right right and to hear like ambient noise of people chit-chatting is like kind of crazy like you know you've kind of forgotten what that sounds like there's definitely some times where i've gone to eat and the conversation behind me is way more interesting than what's happening in front of me and uh you know? For sure, I found out the lady next to me got a raise. Hey, congrats to the lady next to you. <laughs> she turned down. She turned down this other job because she didn't um, feel like she was being valued enough. And I was like, "Good for you, love it." Can you speak? Can you speak on that, MJ, real quick? Give us a quick. Uh, what's that? What's that oh, mean yeah. to you? <laughs> they are uh, referring to my recent uh, job jump here. Oh yeah. Um, which is great. I mean, honestly, when you go through that this type of experience and like you think about life a lot, like you think about, you know, what you value and what is time and what is your health uh, mean and what is your value in terms of what you can contribute to others. And I think I, after, you know, I got sick, I took a long, hard look at like what I was doing with life and um, it just encouraged me or inspired me to you know, go do something else that I wanted to like learn and grow in. So I'm working for a legal tech company now, um, like shifted from law firm life into a legal tech company. And now on the product side, um, what's it called? The company's called Everlaw. Shout out Everlaw. Everlaw. Looking for sponsors. So if you guys ever, uh, (laughs) (laughs) give us a quick plug, all the attorney plugs. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, though, um, that's great that you've thought about that because I feel like a lot of people, like this has been the only time in our lives where we have extended periods of time where everyone at the same time is going through the same thing throughout the world and we have time to ourselves to really think. And it's great that you had that 
moment in, of clarity, uh, if you will, where you've thought about stuff like that and you, you know, thought about what, what it is that was important to you, right? I like to hope that other people are going down the same path. Um, I was seeing, I read this, like at the beginning of COVID, I forgot who it was. I want to say it was Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger, but I don't, I really don't remember who it was. And I was trying to find it, but I couldn't. But one of them said, um, or somebody said that at the end of this COVID coronavirus crisis, I have a, I have optimism that the world will be a better place in terms of empathy. Do you guys believe that? I, you know, there's stuff going on in the world right now, even in America, um, that, that kind of says the opposite. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I think uh, empathy. So in, in terms of empathy, let's get on the same page. Uh, you mean being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Is that kind of what generally we're, we're talking about with empathy? Uh, what is your definition? I mean, yeah, I, I, I believe that for my definition, like being able to be courteous to others, think about their feelings or have a sense of, you know, understanding how it could how something can make someone feel yeah i agree with that yeah it's it's um yeah i guess just quickly to define empathy for me it's yeah it's really understanding and knowing the story how somebody got to a, a certain way of thinking you know their thoughts and their beliefs and um yeah i guess like you said uh, there's a level of caring that kind of comes along with that word i think it's encompassing of it but but um, yeah, more so, I think it's just an understanding. How would you kind of define empathy, MJ? I actually Googled it while we were talking about it. And the, the, the definition is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So I think that's the two, the two pieces, the understanding part and the sharing part. Mm. Um, and I, I guess when I first heard that quote, Jay Chan, I was like, yeah, I could see that. And I was like, was thinking more about it. I would make the distinction that that could be correct but i think that the expression part the sharing part is very different i think because we're so away from people we are now learning how to express ourselves in written forms or behind a screen in so many different ways versus like having conversations in person and sure like they're going to be introverts and extroverts like no matter what our circumstances even when we return back but i think that uh it it's it will be a challenging um, for for some to understand how the others are feeling or just like being we also learned over the course of the year of how to mute certain things when certain things are like too much for us we we now filter that out and now we don't decide to consume as much anymore I think we're uh, filtering a little bit more um, and not to say that's a bad thing at all like. You create your own experience. You are exactly what you could consume, whether it's reading, watching, you know, conversations like you take in whatever it is that you consume. But I think that um, when we all come back to whatever the new normal will be, I think it will be different. And I don't know. I would say that to some degree there is a better understanding. Um, but as far as the sharing part, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know how the the sharing part is going to translate when half the world is want to be in person all the time and half the world is wanting to remain how this is, um, which is being at home and, you know, just communicating um, non-verbally. Oh, like behind a keyboard or something? Keyboard or just like being at home. Like there, there's so many, there's so much that can be missed by not being in person, right? Like body, body language, like mannerisms. Sure. You can get some of that in like over, you know, doing FaceTime or through Zoom or even in a format like this. But there's a difference of like being in the room with someone and feeling that energy um, in however way you can articulate that. But just like feeling someone's presence in a room is always going to be different, at least for me. I think I think you're right in terms of, I would say we all kind of know each other previous to this. So we know each other's mannerisms and and stuff like that. But for people that are, are meeting at work or new new hires for the first time, it's very hard to get an understanding of someone um, without like some sort of face-to-face contact like you were saying. So I, I would agree with that. I think that um, part of me is like very happy that the world is able to, you know, get vaccines and open up again. 
And the other part of me is is also like, like, man, I'm kind of thriving in quarantine because I get to watch movies all the time. I get to stay home and be a homebody that I've always been in my life. And um, it's kind of like, I don't like commuting to work and stuff. You know, I, I don't mind working, but like I, the drive to work kind of sucks, you know, when you guys could probably attest to that too. Um, but I think going back to the empathy thing though, it's, it's all about, well, for me, my opinion is I, I feel like we we all like to say things, but we're not like listening to each other. Like the people that are actually like fighting against each other, they're not willing to like hear what the person's actually saying and internalize it before they react. Mm-hmm. And usually your first reaction when you're, when you're, when you disagree with someone is probably to overreact and place it on yourself. But the, the thing that upsets me about the empathy thing is, um, you know, you're supposed to listen to them and understand that that's how they feel as a person. Um, whether, whatever side that you like are on in, in the fight, um, understanding um, that it, there's a potential for someone to feel differently than you mm-hmm. and like, that's okay. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta, you know, I think there's two elements. I think when you asked, is there more empathy because of COVID or the quarantines or forget exactly how you phrased it, but, you know, is there more empathy now? I think the answer is not yet. I think the ingredients for more empathy are starting to brew, which number one, I think is self-awareness. So as you mentioned, folks now have more time at home to be with their thoughts, to really understand what makes them tick and what motivates them. Um, you know, what, what are their passions? And, you know, I think a lot of things have been put in perspective. Uh, a lot of folks have, you know, lost loved ones or have been sick and, and now their health has become a priority, both physical and mental health. And uh, I think just really understanding what's important to us, right? So the self-awareness, I think, is number one. In order to be empathetic towards somebody else, you need to know who you are and what makes you tick, what grinds your gears or whatever else. Um, so I think the ingredients are, are starting to develop. I don't think the other part of it is, like MJ was saying, we haven't been able to meet in person to be able to sh- have the spaces to share what we've learned about ourselves and to grow and exchange knowledge and to exchange stories and experiences um, to develop that empathy. And because I think that's a big part, right? I mean, we could learn about somebody else's struggles and their life, but if you're not going either going through it with them or really feeling the passion and the energy that those experiences have created, it's really hard to have that visceral uh, connection to it. So I think that we're, we're on the way or, you know, we have the potential to get there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a challenge. I'm sure for a lot of folks not seeing people and then having to go back into the office, back into a work environment, especially like a high stress work environment where maybe you're selling, you know, you're a salesperson or, you know, you have a lot of office politics to navigate and this sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the ingredients are there, you know, we just have to find the right um, catalyst, the right director, the right person pulling the strings to bring those ingredients together to make something meaningful. To your point, uh, what you're saying about um, having the time to yourself now, hopefully within quarantine, um, being able to have some sort of debrief by yourself. I think a lot of things, times too, like for some people being alone in your own thoughts can be kind of terrifying. And I like to think that hopefully people can come out of the other side and feel like they've grown as a person, um, realizing, you know, what kind of crazy thing, mm. not crazy. That's a bad word, crazy, but what kind of thoughts come into someone's mind yeah. um, and how to kind of overcome them. Um, because sometimes it could be self doubt. It could be, you know, anxiety or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And um, I think being able to, you know, take it's it's kind of it's it's scary being by yourself. Yeah, you know, like you have to learn about yourself by being a, being alone, right? Yes, that's kind of terrifying. I think we're uh, to me. I, I look at us as satellites, right? We are um, rece- big receivers of energy and knowledge, information, and those that self talk to me is a reflection of the energies and things that come into our lives, right? The, the voice that we hear. 
um, the doubts, the anxieties, all those things, those are all created from somewhere. I see us as, uh, like I said, um, a receiver of these. So I've always been really in the mindset of, I am not my thoughts. These thoughts come and go, but they don't define me. Um, they're just more of a, of a visitor through this vessel of, of me. And I'm just the echo chamber or the the uh, receiver and the amplifier of these thoughts and energies. and But really, if a negative thought comes in, it doesn't mean I'm a negative person or I have negative beliefs. It's just I, as Curtis, had a negative thought belief, and I'm willing to let it bounce out and go and do do what it needs to do. But well, same with the positive, right? Like I think I'm always trying to receive more positivity and positive energy, but I also try to realize like sometimes I get upset and frustrated and that's fine. Like I don't need to be positive, this positive person all the time. I'm just a receiver of that amplifier of it. But my thoughts are not me. They don't define me. So you're going to say something? Were you going to say? No, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think that goes back to the the whole, you know, the things that you're consuming, like that mm-hmm. becomes like your environment, like that becomes like the sandbox that you play in your, your thoughts. And it frames the things that you think of and it frames how you approach conflict, how you um have discussions, just how you view certain things, your lens, right? It's ultimately affecting your lens. Um, so, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, and I'd also agree that like, a, you know, a negative thought coming in doesn't make you a negative person, but it's also like, how do you process that? Like how, how what is your process for taking that thought? And like, where does it go? Does it just, you know, is it hidden on the back of the shelf that comes, you know, and peers out every once in a while and comes out? Or is it something that you filed away in the the place that you have chosen for it, and now you've integrated it into your you know your wall of knowledge? So, and I think that that's something that when you spend time alone, it that's something that whether you're doing it on purpose or not, like subconsciously you are creating your process or continuing to revamp it. And so I think you know we'll get to see. Um, I'm excited for the opportunity to have discussions with folks you know, in person and kind of bring this knowledge um, or experiences of just sharing stories. It's very different writing out a story, even recording a video and posting it or, you know, doing um, like a Zoom call and sharing something versus like being in that moment um, and and being able to do that. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes. But to your point, Jay Chan, I think you mentioned earlier, it's like, I personally like being a homebody. I, in, and, like being a part of the pandemic and being on lockdown, like that gives me the exact, like, I don't want to say excuse, but it gives me like the, the filler placeholder for, Hey, this is an okay activity all the time. Um, versus like when that gets opened up, then it's like, I'm making a choice to stay home, uh, versus leave. Yep. I think, you know, to your point right there too, um, being at home, I, you, maybe you guys could touch on this too, but being home has, you know, got me in my own thoughts um, to a point where um, I I said to myself, what do I want my time in this weird blip in life? What do I want it to be? Like, do I want it to be like, um, I don't know when I asked myself this question, maybe it's halfway through or whatever. Because when we, were, when we first started, it was like, oh, dude, we can drink on Zoom and we just we can zoom call each other and have a beer all the time and then you know you can only do that for so long until you start questioning like why 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 do i keep doing this <laughs> you mm-hmm. know um but um i asked myself like you know this like i said before this is the first time where we are kind of all stuck indoors um forcing yourself to think about uh, what's important to you and uh what do you want this time period in your life to be about and i wanted i wanted it in the end to be something where um, I I had something tangible, whether it be a podcast, whether it be some sort of app application that I made, um, with our software or whatever. I wanted it to be, uh, I wanted something to come out of it, like tangible, right? Mm. Um, and it's, and this time has given me the time to explore and the motivation too. You know, it's helpful that you know talking to you guys and other people that also do podcasts and stuff. It's given me the chance and motivation to you know let's just try it. Let's let's try something like at the end of the day it, it's just fun doesn't have to be the best thing in the world but it it could help you know 
not just pass the time, but maybe it'll turn into a hobby. Like, I don't know, you know, about you guys, but I, I don't really have like that hobby that I feel like I can, I can just do for fun. It doesn't have to be a side hustle, quote unquote, but Mm -hmm. you know, it, and it could be working out. It could be, you know, I think I'm taking the time to discover some new stuff about myself that I didn't know. Have you guys thought that too? Absolutely. <laughs> I think Curtis is like doing the same, like head nodding. Cause we're thinking the exact same thing. Absolutely. That's like, you know, and that's like such a great takeaway, Jay Chan. I'm so glad to hear it. Obviously we've talked, you know, prior to this about that, like that yearning, the desire to want to find something and like this being the opportunity to do so. Like when we get, you know, jump started back into whatever the new normal is, we might not have the time like this to spend in, you know, find your passion projects and get to work on, you know, what am I good at? What do I enjoy? Like, um, and it, and I agree with you, Jay Chan, it doesn't have to be a side hustle. Like, I think there's, there's definitely a lot of literature on like, find your side hustle side hustle and find ways to like make money outside of your job, which is good. It's definitely a great thing to like consider and look into. Um, but then often it's finding, well, does that make you happy? Like, does the, the, the things that you're working on, like, does that bring you joy? And I think I came down to the same, I guess, realization that you mentioned, Jay Chan, of like, if I look back at my life, like, if, you know, next week is my last day, if next month, if next year, if that's it, like, can I look back at this period of time and feel good about, like, what I did with the time that I had? I think I, I had, like, a, I don't know where I read this, but um, I created this habit where I set an alarm every day and uh, it still is like one of the alarms on my list, but it says, if today was your last day on earth, are you happy about what you're about to do today? Um, and you know, that just that reflection of, well, um, and I think it was like Steve jobs who said that he said it in like, um, in one of the graduation speeches. And he said that if his answer to that question was no too many times in a row, he knew something needed to change. Um, and so yeah, I, I've completely had that experience. I can't say I've found the thing. I think podcast is definitely um, something that we've considered and worked on and had all this like excitement and juice in the front end. And I think both C and I got like busy and, you know, and I think that's something we talked about in the front end of like this, some advice that we got um, very early on was make sure you have your why of why you're doing the podcast. Because there's going to be days where you just don't want to do this. Um, so make sure that there's something that's making you come back to it. So I don't know if podcasting is going to be like my passion project, the thing, but I enjoy it. I it, it definitely hones in on something I really enjoy, which is talking to people, learning and and growing, my, like, you know, pushing myself to grow. Um, so, yeah, totally can relate. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. In, in the podcasting realm, for sure, I, I don't look at it as podcasting. I guess I look at it as having a conversation. Like like MJ said, it's just doing the recording something that we would have done for fun anyway, just to have interesting conversations, challenge our thinking. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite it was a, I think it was a YouTube video, but it talked about the ancient coffee houses or cafes or whatever in middle medieval europe not medieval but renaissance uh europe and how these spaces were important for folks with different ideas to come together and those those ideas would collide and create new ideas and new thoughts and new you know it would take them down a new path uh, of thinking and you know that's how many inventions were created or many uh ways of thinking you know ways of living i guess um, but, uh, going back to your original question regarding, you know, how we've spent our time and developing some new skills, you know, it's been interesting cause, uh, this, this quarantine actually, you know, I got a pack, a set of power tools and just started to go to town on different projects. Like, um, you know, woodworking projects, we built a fence, a deck, a pergola, and there's something I, I had. I don't know. I never thought about becoming a tradesperson or working with my hands growing up. Um, but there's something I really enjoy about seeing a project from just an idea to, you know, planning and then actually seeing it to fruition and building it. 
And uh, that was a really cool experience, something that I never knew that I really wanted to do or pursue. Um, and like you said, it's not necessarily a side hustle now, but I've thought about, okay, do I want to pursue this somehow and utilize this knowledge and just being able to do things around the house or build things that, you know, like it's kind of like doing the podcasting. I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but it seemed like a fun project. If it's not the best, eh, you know, but at least we tried and I learned and grew. And I feel like every project I've done has gotten a little bit better. The quality of work and everything else has gotten better and better. Um, you know, and now we, you know, we have an apartment that we just purchased and we're fixing it up and doing a lot of the work around it ourselves. And I think without this experience, you know, and during the quarantine, I wouldn't have had the confidence to to tr- take on these larger projects now. So if you take a step back and we talk about ourselves in our 20s, were you guys having a, like these like thoughts like this at all? Is this just, is this just a, pri- a byproduct of us getting older and understanding ourselves more? I mean, must be, right? It's kind of like your palate, I think. As a kid, you don't you don't like mustard, you don't like vegetables, you don't like all these things. And oh, I liked you, it all, dude. <laughs> oh, I guess so, man. You were just an old soul, I guess. Um, no, I think it, it's just kind of as you grow, I think you your perspective changes. You know, you understand why there's mustard on this this dish that really brings it all together. Why why horseradish and and prime rib makes sense together. You know, it's like you don't put ketchup on your prime rib, Curtis. You know, I definitely probably did that as a kid because it's <laughs> it's a piece of meat and it's ketchup. You just do it, you know. But anyway, um, no, I think it's as we get older, I, our perspective changes. What's important? The uh, our, our mortality, I think, also has a has a piece of it as well. We realize we will not be here forever, and. Um, will our impacts last longer than us is kind of a big thing that I've, I've always thought about, you know, well, after I pass, you know, have I done anything that's going to echo, echo in eternity? What is that from? Anybody get that reference? It sounded like Al Pacino though, the way you said it. (laughs) Yeah. Echo in eternity. I think it was, um, was it from the gladiator? I I I have no idea. I don't know if anyone knows echo in eternity, something about our actions. I, I just want to know what is this pergola? That's pretty impressive. You built a pergola? Shoot, man, it was crazy. It was, it was. Uh, I definitely hurt my back doing it. I think it put me out for about three weeks after because I was trying to do it too much on my own. But uh, yeah, it's imagine like you know a four post kind of situation with a square top and uh, yeah, and then it had um, you know some slats across the top, slats across the back. Very modern, very simple, and uh, yeah, just you know, it's probably eight, ten feet high, something like that. Twelve feet wide, twelve by twelve, something or something or other. Um, but yeah, just something that the wifey wanted. Honeydew list said, "Honey, I sure can do it." So, honeydew. <laughs> there, there we go. So uh, we have hundreds of sponsors for this podcast, and uh, because of that, we're able to pay a fact checker, and our fact checker has told us that it is, in fact, Gladiator. Uh, <laughs> there we go. MJ with the quick hands again. <laughs> I didn't even notice you were typing anything. It's the best. Magic. Maximus Decimus Meridius. That's cool. Like, um, I mean, ultimately, it just comes to just trying new shit that you've never thought to to try, right? Um, I, I haven't... I bought a saw... And I haven't done anything with it yet. <laughs> what What would you want to do with it? What's a project that would involve a saw that we can plan and, and tackle? You know what um, I wanted to do was um, my roommate, Lily, she bought a... Um... <laughs> you, don't call, you don't call Leah that? I, I, I'm going to start calling Lily that. So. I, I, I do need to add that to Leah's <laughs> list of descriptors. <laughs> So my roommate, uh, she bought this um, this timer that's uh, it's essentially just like a, a planter. And um, going back to quarantine, she was like, oh, I want to maybe plant some things, but I don't really want to take that much time to do it, right? So there's an automated machine that we bought that just trickles down water. Mm. And there's these little cups and pods you can buy and like uh, little crops grow out of it. So we had one for cauliflower. We had one for uh, green onions. Um, it's great for like, the little stuff at the store you buy that you don't want to buy right. a lot of, right? Like cilantro. True, or yes, like, yes. Right. So um, we have that. It's cool. It's not very aesthetically pleasing, 
So I thought it'd be cool to build like a on the ground planter version of that because it's like a, a big tower. Okay. Um, it works great and it, it actually grows a lot of stuff, which is cool. But um, I just thought it'd be better to have like a like planter boxes yeah. of actual things. A more traditional looking planter box versus this Wally, uh, you know, Big Hero Six looking thing, right? Yeah. And then um, when I realized how it worked, I was like, "Oh, what? You can just." do this for very cheap and all you need is just like some um some pipes uh or what do you pvc pipe um for the sprinkler system quote unquote and then um, the timer that just turns on the water maybe you have a bucket that just fills water and pumps it throughout the whole system right Mm -hmm. um i actually i took shop in like eighth grade and um i loved it i thought it was great um but going back to the the starting things during quarantine and trying things um it wasn't really on my list it was one of those things where i was like it'd be cool to do that probably not going to do it so i I narrowed down like what i wanted to do so it was build an app uh get healthier in terms of working out and then um somehow somehow somewhere along the way like the podcast came up and Mm -hmm. i thought that was pretty cool so two of the three um well, I guess they're all kind of in flux in progress, but you know, we're we're chipping away at it at least, yeah. right? And I think that's the hardest part to keep that discipline every day. Mm-hmm. So, I've been running. I was telling Curtis today was the longest I've ever run in my life. Um, shout out to my 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 friend Johnny. He he sent me this Nike uh, Run Club uh, program. It was uh, a program for ninety nine minutes and fifty nine seconds of running. And I was like, dude, you're crazy. He did it yesterday, and I was like. Well, shit! I kind of want to try it now just to see because I've I've been running like four miles every day, two, three, two, three, four miles every day on and off on a, on a separate program, and I ran like ten and a half miles today. And I I was telling Curtis I'm exhausted, I'm tired, like I've never run that far. But I was surprised that I actually did it. And um, my roommate Lily, <laughs> she said, uh, "Dang, why did you run that far?" And every time someone asked me, like, "Oh, why are you exercising?" I I want to say at this point, uh, for the impending like zombie apocalypse or something mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it was funny because right at, right before I got the vaccine, the first one, um, I watched I Am Legend. Oh, <laughs> big mistake! <laughs> Which I thought was was pretty funny. I thought it I was pretty funny about that, but I just thought it was. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's me. Yeah, and um, you know when I went to go get the, I don't know about you guys where you got yours, but I got mine at CVS mm-hmm. in Long Beach, and um, because of what I watched I Am Legend the night before, like I was expecting more of like a, uh, an event of getting your first vaccine, right? Um, I was expecting like you know the army gonna be there, they're gonna like give you shots and shit, and um, people are ushering you through. And it was kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> I'm sorry walked, you to get all the bells and whistles. <laughs> no, like I, I, you know, for everything that happened, it's it was kind of anticlimactic. You know, like I, I sat in front of the adult diapers <laughs> getting my 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 vaccine. Yep. and it it lasted like a second. And then I sat there for 15 minutes. I was good. And then what did you expect? Patients three, six, seven, one, come on through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like lines of people. And it was just like, I walked up, this guy gave me a sticker, Amazing. And a card. And I was like, yeah, just go to the back. And then Lily, she got hers at uh, a target and um, they put her in the target fitting room and she got it before me. And I was just standing there like, damn, this is kind of crazy. Like, this is how it ends, huh? just a target fitting room like it's just kind of funny like <laughs> dude you can get everything at target apparently you know? <laughs> meanwhile like I, I probably should have went to like dodger stadium or something and uh got the full army that probably would have gave you uh, a, a real experience was, national yeah. guard experience yeah yeah some white but, tents set up and all that yeah i mean that being said though, i'm very happy that you know it's starting to be over and stuff but did you guys where'd you guys get yours at i got mine at walmart yeah, mine was at a CVS as well, I believe. CVS or uh, no, I think it was CVS. Yeah. Uh, what, but, did you, what did you guys think when you got it though? Like, did you feel like that was it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there was a, a large buildup to it, and um, you know, 
I've been very fortunate to have known a lot of very uh, much smarter people than myself and uh, folks that have gone to public health, you know, got degrees in public health and um, health sciences, all these other things. And it's actually been pretty interesting because it's kind of a split, I think, in terms of vaccine efficacy and everything else in that community or some folks in that what we call that community. Um, but uh, again, folks that I would trust to, to know more than me and to have studied hard and to not be duped by um, pseudoscience or whatever else, um, I think have been very forthcoming and very, um, what's the word, outspoken, I guess, in terms of the safety of the vaccine, the process, um, some of those other things. So I, I personally felt pretty comfortable uh, my mom's been in healthcare for many years. Uh, my sister's a nurse as well. Um, so just kind of understanding how challenging it is to even get a vaccine to be distributed to the public. Um, and granted, it happened really quickly and people were very hesitant about that. Um, but the technology that was used for Pfizer and Moderna at the least were um, have been in development for many, many years. So it's not not a new technology, but it's obviously a new virus, a new um, thing that it needs to to work on. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess it was anticlimactic. I, like I said, I went to a CVS in Compton and, you know, guy checks me in at the front. I walk up, there's two people in front of me. I sit down within five minutes to get my shot. And, you know, they tell me to sit down for 15 minutes and then you can leave. I was like, cool. Like, is there any, anything else here? You need to, you need to see my ID and you see some paperwork. They're like, okay, I'll take your ID. But that was it. I mean, very simple. I think I felt that too, because they didn't ask for any paperwork at all. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I could literally be anybody. And I think they just want people to take it. They don't even care at this point. They're just like, dude, yeah. If, if these go bad, like it's a waste anyways. Right. So just pick your, pick your battles, you know? Actually, I knew uh, somebody that was a, or it's my buddy's mother is the director at one of these sites, these rather, rather large distribution sites, uh, vaccine distribution sites. And they were saying when it first started, they would rather let um, uh, some of those vaccines go to waste versus just saying, hey, anybody that wants to get it, come and get it, and creating a uh, hysteria or like a mass rush on the site because then the next day, the following days, people would just show up um, asking for extra vaccines or just asking for vaccines, but they're not in the right tier. There's not enough. They're vaccinating healthcare workers. This was obviously very early when there wasn't enough vaccines for everybody. Healthcare workers, frontline workers still hadn't all been vaccinated. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, later on though, they definitely would open up to the public and say, Hey, we're going to have an extra 200 vaccines first come first serve, you know, show up and you can get it. But, um, but yeah, I remember early on, it was a big kind of conversation of, do we just open it up to everybody and say, Hey, we have extras and people can come and wait for hours and hours for the potential to get a vaccination. But, you know, I think it just creates a little more hysteria like you know everyone's rushing to get their toilet paper and then there's none for for uh you know grandma at you know waiting in line or whatever else that doesn't have access that's that's been another thing as far as vaccine distribution and um our healthcare. how, how i guess people are notified about what's going on, how people collect their information for us we're young we have phones uh internet you know we get read reddit or whatever you know there's lots of sources of information ways that we learn about things if you're a 90 year old person that can barely, you know, make a phone call, barely text somebody, how, how are they going to get information on when this vaccine's available? Sign up on something on the internet or navigate CVS website to figure out where there's an available dose. Like they can't do that their own, on their own, you know? So I barely did it on my own. <laughs> myself. <laughs> it's hard. It's challenging enough, you know? It's, uh, Ask so many questions. All right. <laughs> You know, and then you have to schedule a second dose. Like, man, they could barely remember what they had for breakfast. Like, you're going to remember to go back in three weeks to get a second dose at the same place that they went to the first time. Like, good luck. Well, when when was your second dose? Are you done with the two-week waiting period? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably got it um, early March, my second one. So it's been over a month. Ooh. You know, I had the Pfizer uh, shot and... Yeah, I mean, I was waiting for some symptoms to come in, but really just the sore arm, like y'all mentioned. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty smooth sailing for me. You know, it's I was wondering if I actually even got a, a vaccination. You know, or they just poked me in the arm with, with something. Ooh, that's some mild speculation right there. You know, it's, <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> no, so um, so you were like early. You got it relatively early through my work. We are uh, we were considered a, a mobile outreach uh, facility, or you know, we worked with people that are. Dealing with uh, senior citizens, uh, dealing with uh, unhoused populations, after-school programming. So, you know, we all kind of got lumped in there with with that um, tier. So, I guess it was one B or whatever. After the healthcare workers, frontline workers, those sorts of things. Oh, so you didn't get like the first edition, like hollow foil of Pfizer. I got right? the, got I got like- the two point Exactly. The 2.0. Got the the pretty good stuff, but not the best yet, but you know, better than the 1.0 for sure. So uh, MJ, looking forward to like the, I mean, when you get your second and your waiting is done, are are you going to straight up go to Vegas right away? Or like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you most excited for? I want to end this on a good note. Like, what are you guys most excited? I I think we mentioned this last time and I feel like I I say this answer all the time, but I want to go bowling and I want to go watch a movie and you know like and obviously like see my friends like um i am probably the the solo college friend that lives kind of away from the larger group and so you know i don't get to have some of those even the i guess the socially distant experiences that um some of them have had so i'm excited for that but I don't know, just like, honestly, go to, and I guess you could kind of do it now, um, but just go somewhere and grab a beer on tap and sit outside. Like, that is something that you just couldn't do for, like, the longest time. Um, and and feel and if you did, right, you'd feel comfortable about right. doing it, too. You right? know, just to just go and do that. And um seems something very simple, but, um, but other than that, like, I'm not, I'm not a, don't many, don't have many complaints. Uh, I'd just love to see people and uh, get to see that my people are happy and, um, you know, get to like break bread with them. So if you go bowling and you're like on lane three, I'm on lane one and I'm watching you bowl. Are you like putting your hand on the fog machine? You're like (laughs) touching the bowling ball. You're going back and eating hot wings straight up. That's how we used That's, to do it, though, right? I mean, are, is, are, is it that level of, of bowling, honestly, or what are you doing? I, I'm sure <laughs> I love bowling, and I and I think that over this period of time, I've really thought about a lot of where all the contact in bowling is, that and is it crazy. is wild on what you know. Just like even just throwing your ball and then going and picking up like a pair of fries and eating it like that. That thought <laughs> is crazy now, like. Uh, to even consider because really there's no real washing or like sanitizing of the the ball itself it's like getting through these little brushes and coming out like with some oil on it and then you stick your finger in to holes that many many fingers have been in <laughs> unless you brought your own ball but then then it's been it's been kissed by the machine and everybody else in there as soon as you throw it down a lane and then <laughs> And it's like yeah, oily. it's like, it's like oily. oily too, right? There's like a it's like and a then sheen you know it, like. you you put on some shoes that you know have seen many moons, and you know that it's like the true definition of walking in someone else's shoes. So, yes, to me that's just a a what's the word I'm looking for? Not an indication, but it just to me personally, I I've been kind of back and forth on how I feel about pandemic and like germs and and this and that and. I'm a big believer that germs are not always bad, right? They they help us develop strong immunities, our ability to fight off different diseases or bacteria or viruses or whatever else. So it's finding a balance because I've known children or people now, adults that have grew up in a very sterile environment and have all kinds of allergies, all kinds of other challenges. And I always wonder, is it the chicken or the egg? You know, is it their parents were always force them to wash their hands and be sterile and not play in the dirt and do this and that. And that caused their allergies or was it the allergies that led these parents to saying, Hey, you need to wash your hands and do all this stuff. So I don't know. It's, 
it's always a struggle for me because I grew up playing in the dirt, probably just going straight from the dirt to eating a hot dog again, covered in ketchup. And maybe that's why I am the way I am. I don't know. If you think about basketball, touching a a ball, dude, like everyone's sweating. Like who know who knows what kind of uh, shit they did at bowling the night before. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) it's just kind of, it's just funny to think about in hindsight now, like our, our mindset has changed where we're, Whereas maybe we weren't thinking about it before. I'm definitely looking at the dude on lane three. Like this dude is just eating hot wings and touching the balls and like all that stuff. So whether or not we come back from that and at, at some point in our life, we're like this is just too much to think about. I can't keep carrying all these wipes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when do you feel like you will be comfortable again or like back? I mean, like you said, maybe there will always be that thing in your head about germs or like people breathing on you or be sharing a common space like that. Mm-hmm. But when do you feel you'll be back to normal? See, I don't know. Like I've always, my mom's a nurse, so she was always like very clean around us, like to the point where as as much as she could. And I feel the same way. Like I, like I always wash my hands. Like I, before I eat, I wash my hands. Before when I leave, I wash my hands. It's in between, like home and the car and whatever um that you have kind of have to think about but i i don't know like now it's like it's so fresh in our it's like ptsd almost mm. like it's so fresh in our minds that we have to like take the time to 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 say one day dude fuck it <laughs> I, I i just you've taken the vaccines like what else at that point can you really do and you know um you've done all you can and at at some point you're going to kind of drive yourself a little um like crazy and get yourself give yourself so much anxiety that like you you can't live a a normal life or somewhat of a normal life again so i don't know when i'm going to reach that point but it's i'm definitely going to keep washing my hands like (laughs) the dude that walks out of the bathroom without washing his hands is just like at least sprinkle some water on those bad boys, right? Like it'll take you three seconds, shake, 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 you know, after you shake, 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 and then that's it. Yeah, now he goes straight urinal out the door, touches the handle and everything. And I'm yep. you, you, we've all seen of that. Of course. Guy. Oh yeah. Oh, and then he yeah. goes touches the menus and stuff, and it's like, oh, oh I didn't even think about past that. I was just hoping that it all ended up on the door handle and that was it. You know, that was the, that was the end of the <laughs> ride. But damn, now you got me thinking. Your local you know? uh, Rudy Gobert yeah. just everywhere. Oh, don't disparage Rudy like that. It's all right. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, man, that was crazy. Damn. And then, and then all of a sudden, everyone tested positive on on the Jazz. Right? It was like, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's it sucks though. Like, what if he wasn't the one that did it? True. It's like, damn, somebody somebody needed, needed to touch all the mics. <laughs> he he was just the uh, the fall guy. It's, like, <laughs> it's the Fr- it's the French guy. It's the French guy. Yeah, blame the Frenchies. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've had a lot of conversations about when when we go back to normal. I think it, well, we, what I've boiled it down to is the situation now has gotten so far out of control. There's so much um, prevalence of this virus. Is it a virus? COVID virus? Uh, yeah. It's I'm not. not ba- it's not bacterial, is it? It's a, no, it's a virus. Yeah, okay. coronavirus. Coronavirus. Oh, right? COVID nineteen so virus. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so so this <laughs> UCI, UCI. Yeah, zah, zah, zah. We, but anyway, the the prevalence of it, I think, is what has created this really weird situation where you know, um, until eighty percent or whatever the number is are either vaccinated or have antibodies to COVID it is going to continue to spread and spread rampantly, right? Versus um, if we had contained it early and it wasn't allowed to spread and multiply in, at the rate that it has, because it's like exponentially growing, right? Like one person infects five and five infects 25 and 25 goes to 125. You know, it's just, it grows exponentially. So um, I think until we're able to really control that growth and bring the the active cases down it's probably always going to be here just like any other disease um, measles ebola whatever else like those still exist um, but we're able to control it because you know we don't have 
people in charge of these health organizations saying that it's not a problem or turning another eye, blind eye to it, becoming a political situation. It's just, I think that it just blew up out of control. And now it's, it's like, how do we unravel all of that? So until we're able to do that and control the active cases, it's going to be here for a long time. I think it's interesting. You kind of said this or touched on it at least. Uh, I feel like once the last president was in, um, there became like a weird movement of isolationism for all the all the countries. So I think that slightly maybe or might have contributed to the increase in cases because these countries aren't talking to each other anymore. Um, they're not playing well with each other. And now we kind of almost have to get back to that to the point where we're helping each other out more. Um, being more like um, empathetic. Oh, there you go. Worldwide empathy. <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> WWE, baby. <laughs> wow. That's that's great. John Cena and The Rock, worldwide empathy. <laughs> that was that was a great way to to end this, I think. That was a that was fantastic. Well, I think with that, you know, this this will conclude one of the first episodes on on the pod and uh thank you guys for coming on. Thanks for Appreciate having it. us. And uh yeah, Jay Chan, Justin, the Man Chan, you know, thanks for for putting up with us and including us in this journey because it's like I said it's fun, it's in a uh, way for us to grow and learn and yeah, just share space, share space together. And that's what it's about. So, you know, hopefully we'll do this again sometime soon. Um and uh this was a lot of fun. So thank you guys for, uh, for coming on. Catch you soon. Later. Later, guys.